As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo. Feathery, brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both and Zach kicking it cooler than two. Until Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Wednesday morning edition of Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman at the Novacare Complex, and... As always, recently named the NFC Producer of the Week, Marissa Dove. I feel like you're just throwing it in my face at this point. You got like, a point. You got the dicker. Yeah, but I mean, I still lost. Well, like, if the point doesn't matter. If the point mattered, then it would be worth it. It would have been dramatic. Yeah, to come it from behind and tie it, but, but unfortunately, yeah. it didn't happen. Yep. Zach, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited for this pod. Excited for this week ahead. Big game. Has big game juice. You know, when I pulled into the facility, you see the live shots outside. You always know mm. it's a big game when you have the national TV people coming in. They're doing the reports in front of the uh, team facility, right? So, yeah, it, it feels like Dallas week right now. I Who'd mean, you see? live from the facility. That's too, right. Zach, so I am live, but I'm live from the from the facility every day, right? I'm, I'm here on... The Friday or the you know the Saturday what? before the Monday night game against uh, you know that the, the game that no one wants to watch right so that's that it, it's 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 when the heavy hitters come in you know it's a big game and right now you're it looks like you're standing on the uh, the thirty five yard line <laughs> uh, I suppose so yeah so I I feel like it, it it's one of those charts at the doctor's yeah. office right so that, that <laughs> so. how you feeling Zach. You know, you got you made the made the the trip home from Arizona. You had you had that layover in Columbus. We saw on your Twitter. Uh, how's the body feeling these days? Well, you put in you know more work than I did. You were you put out those outstanding power rankings. Then you took the red eye home the next night. Uh, how do I feel? I feel great, right? I, I will say, if I if for full dis I I wouldn't even say full disclosure. If I'm being completely honest, the bounce back. From some mm. of these road trips and like long like hours, it used to be. it's different now than at 25, right? Like I, I can see why it affects players the older they get, and I'm not even playing a game. Um, but the the travel, the in and out, the early, the late night, they get to fly nights. on a charter. I mean, we got we got a hoof and coach. Yeah, they and they get home right away, right away. Like they don't yeah, but they also game. play a football game, so that yeah, that counts a little right, exactly. So it evens out. It's exactly <laughs> the same at the yeah. end of the day. Um, but yeah, no, I was in I was in the Columbus airport and was debating whether to, to you know jump in a lift or jump in an Uber ahead to campus. But <laughs> the the layover was like two hours and forty five minutes, and just doing the math in my head, I'm like, mm. you know what, I can be more productive staying here doing some work. Uh, so those so Ohio State coeds. 
I, it's not about the, it's, it's the energy <laughs> on a college campus, you know, seeing Ohio stadium, a big football stadium, the horseshoe as they call it. Right. Really so, very urban Meyer of you. Very urban Meyer of me to go yeah. to. Okay. I mean, Ryan day is their current head coach and Ryan day, former Eagles quarterbacks coach. Right. So Eagles connection there and Marvin Harrison jr. Philly native is for, for my money, the best wide receiver in the country right now. The number one wide receiver in the country, huh? Regardless of class. Yes. Hmm, okay. Well, good to know. Uh, well, Zach, we talked to the coordinators yesterday. Uh, we have some news that we alluded to on the uh, player of the week front. Why don't we send it over live from the Novacare complex to the stone cold newsman himself, Zach Berman. It's Dallas week here at the NovaCare Complex where the Eagles are getting ready to start their work into a major showdown, the 5-0 Eagles against the 4-1 Cowboys. The Eagles, Nick Sirianni, changed the practice schedule today. They were supposed to go with a typical full Wednesday practice. Instead, they're going with the walkthrough. Nonetheless, they are in the building, and they are getting ready for this game. And, and they for the fifth consecutive week this season, they have a player of the week from a certain side of the ball. Cameron Dicker named the NFC special teams player of the week. The Eagles had the special teams player of the week in week one with Zach McPherson. The next three weeks, they had defensive players of the week. And then today, or I should say this past week, they now have the special teams player of the week. First team to have the, the start the season with five players of the week since the 1991 Buffalo Bills and the first team to have a player of the week in five consecutive weeks since the 2005 Chicago Bears. Uh, so that is the award part of this update. The injuries will be key to watch this week. Jordan Maialata, uh, who thought he had a shot of playing last week, has a, I imagine, a better shot of playing this week. We'll see what the injury report suggests. Additionally, uh, Avante Maddox, Jake Elliott, key players to watch there. Uh, and then Andre Dillard. I think that's also a notable one as well. So we'll see what happens with Andre Dillard in his second week practicing. Uh, we will have more updates on the Thursday podcast. Until then, back to you in the studio. Thanks, Zach. Uh, I feel like that 2005 Bears team, it must have been, there must have been some Devin Hester thrown in there. Probably so. Probably it feels so. like it would have been easy for him to get some special teams player of the week awards, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm seeing in the in the, in the comments that I, I guess my my shot is not particularly clear here. I apologize if that's the case. Um, I'm actually working with a it's new an company an, laptop. It's an analog, it's, Zach. That's okay. It, you sound it, okay. That's that's what's most important. Thank you. It might be more the the Wi-Fi here, right? At the team mm. facility. And of course, we do appreciate um, all the suggestions on uh, how to get two mics in the post game. Uh, I I, I, I want to speak for Marissa and say uh, <laughs> she says anything you think of that you think she hasn't already thought of. She's yeah. taken offense. She's yeah. taken names and she, and her list of no, uh, grievances is very long. Suggestions, yes. Um, hopefully, we'll figure out something better for the next away game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dreamyard doesn't recognize the splitter. Yeah, I tried to elevate the audios in um, for the uh, audio version of the podcast. So hopefully it was a little more clear. But um, yeah, we, we will work on that. Don't worry. Now, Zach, you mentioned uh, the Eagles going to a walkthrough. They did the same thing last week. Um, and Nick Sirianni was asked about it. And he said this is sort of more of a feel thing than uh, something he's going to early in the season um, as opposed to later in the season last year. But I'm curious uh, your take on this and also – circling back on the conversation of the light training camp and uh you know you were very all over the history of Sirianni's teams being very uh below average in the beginning of the season well now they're five and oh so should we at least circle back and and issue some kind of corrective well no I never predicted that it would be a problem I simply noted you were asking like why do you prefer to be bad in the beginning of the season Bo, this is you instigating, <laughs> and uh, in my post-game film sessions of our podcasts, I've learned not to take the bait, right? So, uh, no, that is that is that is not what I suggested. I simply suggested that, or I simply brought up this to see if it's anything Nick Sirianni's looked into. 
This team is healthier from a soft tissue injury-wise than they've been in a long time. They're performing well. The practice schedule seems to be working. Uh, I I tend to think coaches can overrate like practices, and so I give Sirianni credit. And he's he has said in the past that the walkthroughs are actually more beneficial in terms of plays reps. So Wednesday. Uh, for for those who don't know, and I imagine a lot of our listeners, I don't say this in a, in a bad way, how a, a week is, a typical week is is scheduled, is you're doing first and second downs on Wednesdays, you're doing third downs on Thursdays, and you're doing, you know, red zone um, on Fridays, right? Now, Nick Sirianni sprinkles in some third down on Wednesday, some some red zone on Thursday, but that's that's the the pace of a typical week. So your, your heavy installation, your first and second down, that's coming on Wednesday. If you have a walkthrough, you have more reps during those periods. Now, what you have less of is the fundamental nature of the practice. Yeah, you have less of the physical nature of the practice. But if you're talking about installation, you can do more with a walkthrough than you can a regular practice, at least from my understanding. I'll defer to Marissa because she, she, she knows more about what goes on like in the particulars of a practice than I do. I mean, I w- I'm sure the players love the walkthrough aspect of things. That's probably, that's all I'm going to say. Like, I mean, I know Michael's very pleased when practices are a little easier. So, yeah, I- I'm-, I'm sure from a player's perspective, they really like it. But you got to make sure you take that walkthrough seriously. Yeah. You got to really be course. focused. You got to be yeah. on your P's and Q's. Yeah. Yeah. Chip Kelly used to say, you know, don't call it a walkthrough. It's it's more like a run through. So, mm. Which, which probably, as as I was doing my my film study of my performances, uh, I probably mentioned Chip Kelly a bit too much. So I should stop referencing Chip. It's it's been I I don't want to become one of those reporters who lives in like a time warp who who mm. who every reference is to something that happened a decade ago. Uh, you know, you have to stay current, and so I I will be uh, more cognizant of that going forward. And also, as Chip Kelly used to say, "Oh my gosh, I just got fired after going two and 14. I don't think Chip Kelly said that, but okay, if you if you say so. Uh, by the way, bad job by the host of this episode, not teasing the fact that we're going to be joined by Nate Tice in a little bit uh, at 11 o'clock to talk uh, some specifics on the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, Zach, you mentioned the Dicker thing. Have you reached out to uh, Mr. Gonzalez? Have you have you heard any word from him and his uh, nicknaming skills? I have I have not reached out to Mr. Gonzalez on that one. I I do apologize for the laughter in that podcast. It was uh, we we should highlight of the professional. show. Uh, but no, I I think I if I may say I think I covered that topic pretty well in my story. I didn't think from a news value perspective it requires a follow up story. I think if I hmm. uh, if if Cameron Dicker's a long term player here, perhaps there's a follow up. But I, th- I, I well, think it was we'll very funny stuck. as we as we wrap the episode and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, compatriots on the beat are tweeting out their stories. Jeff McLean's lead was about was somewhere. Mr. Gonzalez is smiling or something like that. So it all came full circle. Yes. So uh, I I do think that if if I continued pushing that storyline, it might be a little self-serving. You know, there's there's other th- things to get to for an Eagles Cowboys week than the follow-up story on Cameron Dicker's nickname. But for the for the day when he was special teams player of the week and the NFC uh, uh, and hit the game winner, I, I thought it was a good story. If you haven't checked it out, please do so on The Athletic. Will he be kicking this week, Zach? Great question, Marissa. I don't have a good answer for you right now. Um, that's that's one of those we will see how, how the week progresses with Elliott. Um, I think Elliott might have been a little farther away than Mylotta was. Uh, yeah, obviously, Elliot was declared out on Friday. Mylotta was doubtful on Friday. Uh, but we'll we'll see with Elliot. Uh, Dicker is on the practice squad. Hasn't been signed elsewhere, right? So so they can elevate him if needed by 4 p.m. on Saturday. There you go, uh, Marissa. Any um, any thoughts on a potential trade to the Indianapolis Colts? <laughs> so. In Bo's power rankings, um, he did have Michael getting traded. I should have done L.A. I think that would have been more fun. <laughs> and the best was I had no idea. So I was scrolling through just reading it. Like, I always read all of everything you guys write. You shouldn't do that. 
And I just started dying laughing. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I think it's pretty funny. All the people that have reached out and said uh, how I feel about Indy. Oh, Never did there did Indy. people? Oh, that's funny. Yes. But we love Cleveland. We're happy to be in Cleveland. So I'm happy to support my The Rams players. are the team that should trade for him. Michael I did have two stints already with the Rams. Yeah. So. They had they their can, shot. They can make yeah. that right. They can yeah. correct that historical yeah. wrong. Yeah. But we love Cleveland. We're happy to be in Cleveland. Love Cleveland so much, but, you know, not when they're playing the Yankees. So, sorry, Guardians. So. Mm-hmm. Good win <laughs> for you last uh, night. Michael is rooting for the Guardians, but um, I obviously am rooting for the Yankees. And how about them Phillies? So How about them Phillies playing well? Yeah. A, a, a quick semantics question for you, Marissa. You said scrolling through our articles. Is that the same as me skimming through a book, or are, are you are, are you reading the article? No, I'm actually reading. I meant okay. like on my phone. <laughs> okay. Don't worry, I'm actually I'm... reading too, and I'm skimming. But yes. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm actually reading. Um, yeah, I mean, like on my phone, like just scrolling up and down the page, and um, that caught me by surprise and gave me a good laugh. So, yeah, you guys are. Uh, both really, really gifted writers and very creative. So oh, I thought please. that was very funny. Uh, Zach, I'd like to, I'd like to throw a, uh, a classic birds with friends uh, question at you. Okay. Let's do a little, little turkeys. That scares me. I, I don't know what's considered this is football a focus. birds with this friends is, question these days. Okay. This is, yeah, I mean, we already know what kind of deodorant you wear and <laughs> where you generally speaking went on your honeymoon. Um, turkeys to the kingdom. Eagles are five and oh. Uh, big stakes this week, as we talked about. Um, if they win this game, I just saw Aaron Schatz tweet out on, on Football Outsiders. According to their odds, they win this game, they're up to they'll be up to seventy three percent to get the one seed in the NFC, eighty seven percent to win the division. Um, they look like one of the best teams in the league uh, for all the reasons we've talked about. If you were uh, apportioning turkeys of credit for why the Eagles are where they are. How would you split them between Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and Jonathan Gannon? Those four people. So I'm a player's first person, right? Players play games. Players win games. Players lose games. I think we tend to give coaches too much credit um, for both directions. Of course, you're famously anti-Statland. Not anti-Statland. I'm pro-player, right? The the player needs to make the play. Pro-player stadium. So where you like and to play so, your games. So uh I would give the I would give Jalen Hurts the plurality of 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 the um turkeys, turkeys. but I it, it goes well beyond Jalen Hurts, right? Like I wish you can put in the offensive line and the defense. I, I wish you could put the roster itself in, right? That would get 75% in my eyes. But if we're just doing Jalen, all right, fine. How with, about how about we'll do a five? We'll do Jalen Hurts, the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. The head coach Nick Sirianni, the general manager Harry Roseman, and the fifty-two other players on the roster as one collective. Okay, so the fifty-two other players as one collective, I would give forty-five percent or forty percent. I would give Jalen Hurts twenty-five percent. Okay, so that brings me up to sixty-five percent. I would give Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman both thirty, you know, both fifteen each. So that gets me to ninety-five, and I would give Jonathan Gannon five. Okay, but what about the fact that those fifty-two other people were brought in by Howie Roseman? Oh, I, I look. Howie's done an outstanding job, right? It's not like against Howie here. the The roster Howie's assembled, the offseason that Howie's had, frankly, it goes back two years ago from the time that they tanked the Washington game. The plan that how he executed, dare you? <laughs> um, the plan that they executed. Howie deserves high marks, right? How so? It's it's like a chicken or an egg argument, right? But ultimately, the players are the ones out there making plays. The players are the ones out there not making plays. Uh, so I I tend to give players probably too much credit and too much blame. Um, but yeah, how he put the roster together, Nick's, Nick's coaching them up, Nick's setting the culture in place, uh, Nick's making the sideline decisions. Jonathan Gannon is, is, uh, is running the defense. But this is a player's league. So I will always, always, always always credit the players well sure i mean you could do you could you could you know play the game where like you know howie roseman drafted jalen hurts he he hired nick sirianni he hired jonathan gannon so ultimately he's responsible for all of those things but i think if i was doing it i would go like 
I think I think Jalen Hurts gets the most credit. Um, More than the players on the roster. Interesting. Well, let me. Add, it's so, a Howie thing too, because like AJ Brown changes the offense entirely, uh, and I give AJ Brown credit for that. But you have to give Howie Roseman credit for bringing him in. Um, uh, but I, I I think that I think Jalen Hurts is one of the few people who is. Um, who who doesn't like AJ Brown to me is a Howie Roseman win. Jalen Hurts, while Howie Roseman did draft him in the second round, uh, despite the criticism at the time, he did not foresee this outcome. Um, I think Jalen Hurts, to your like players versus coaches versus acquisition, he Jalen Hurts gets the credit for like a hundred percent of the credit for becoming as good as he is. So I'm going to ask you a question here. I, I know you're the host, but I'm going to turn this to you. Please. Uh, as the power rankings guy, you you follow what goes on in in, in the league very closely. You heard Ron Rivera's comments, okay? <laughs> um, if if you put Jalen Hurts on Washington's roster right now, what's Washington's record? And if you put Carson Wentz on the Eagles' roster right now, what's the Eagles' record? I think the Eagles are uh, one and four. And, wow! And I think the Commanders are three and two. So then Jalen Hurts does deserve most of the credit. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean Jalen Hurts is 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 a hundred times better than Carson Wentz right now. Yeah, but I I just think you know the other player like the Eagles' offensive line is really good. The Eagles' pass rush has been really good. The Eagles, uh, you know, their secondary is playing at a high level. T.J. Edwards that I have is a particularly good game against the Cardinals when I went back and watched, but the linebackers have played at a high level. The receivers, this is and and Dallas sure. Goddard, you know, so. So my my point is 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 that this is a really good roster across the board, and uh, I think if I'm not taking anything away from Jalen, I, I certainly don't want to be painted into like an anti-Jalen corner because he deserves all the credit that he's getting here. I think that if if Minshew was the quarterback for this team, they would have a winning record, right? Or you know, or they they'd be really competitive because I I think this is a really good roster. I think they'd be competitive, but like. Jalen Hurts changes everything that they do on offense. Absolutely. Just as and, and the offense is built around Jalen. That's correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, if if Gardner Minshew was the quarterback heading into the offseason and they they built some things around Gardner Minshew, yeah, they might be they might be three and two or something like that. But uh, I don't know. I like to me, this is this is the season so far is the story of of Jalen Hurts. And I know, you know, he didn't play his best game against Arizona. Um but that's I don't know. That's how I that's how I view it. I could be okay. wrong. I mean, th there's no there's no right or wrong wrong answer here. Look, We're just... uh, Jalen would be you know top three in MVP voting right now. So I wholeheartedly you know Jalen's been been not just everything they could have wanted. He's been more than they could have wanted. Uh, so he, I I give Jalen so much credit. I, I just keep going back to it's it's a really good team. And it also goes back to we've talked about this ad nauseum, but the uh, you know the sliding doors of uh, some of the best decisions you make are the decisions you don't, or the things that didn't work out. Like AJ Brown is here because the Eagles didn't trade for Calvin Ridley, couldn't sign Allen Robinson, didn't sign Christian Kirk. Um, the, all of those things, you know, they try to sign Marcus Williams. That means that eventually they can trade for Chauncey Gardner Johnson. They don't, you know, they they have this planet corner, and then eventually James Bradbury shakes loose. That wasn't guaranteed to happen. They put themselves in position to get lucky, but also they did get lucky in terms of the roster building. So I'm I'm going to give Howie credit for that, by the way, um, because and if you speak to Howie about this, it's something he's he's I don't want to say gotten better at, but 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 certainly has been cognizant of. There are certain um, general managers or decision makers in this league who who I view it like like the way I would explain it is that you you put your your hands in, in your pocket and you find a $5 bill there. Instead of saving that $5 bill, you spend the $5 bill, right? There are, there are a lot of decision makers who when a decision, uh, when they, a decision doesn't work out for them, the first thing they do is, all right, let's, let's, let's sign plan B sometimes for the same money as plan A. Uh, right. and, and Howie has, has been on record saying that you can recover from the decisions you don't make. You can't recover from the, it's harder to recover from the decisions you do make. And I give Howie so much credit for not being uh, as reactionary 
in free agency and in the roster building process as he could have been because it, it's it, look I was critical for their relative inactivity in in March um, and how he could have said we miss we miss Ridley we miss Robinson we miss Kirk who's the who's the next guy in, in, instead he was patient they could have done the same thing at corner they could have done the same thing at at at, at safety they had a valuation for players and they adhere to those valuations. And that's partly why they're in the position they're in right now. I think that's exactly right. That's that's why you set numbers on guys. That's why you have your valuations and you you try to stay disciplined not to exceed that. Like I think, for instance, like Christian Kirk, they didn't miss out on signing Christian Kirk. They were involved until it got to a certain number and then they said no thanks. I do think that Allen Robinson was a little bit different. I think I think they want they really wanted Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Rams swooped in and got him. You know, if you read yes. uh, Jordan Rodriguez has a story about that that he was like hours away from signing with the Eagles, it sounds like. And that is a bit of a sliding doors. Like, because if they sign him, they're not trading for AJ Brown. Sure. Um, who knows how that draft would have played out. Maybe they end up trading for somebody else, you know, an impact uh, player on defense or something like that. But uh, he, Allen Robinson has been, you know, uh, like non-existent for the Rams, a team that has been very disappointing. So uh, that would have been one that, that that might that that definitely would have changed the outcome of the season to some degree. Well said. All right. Uh, why don't we take a break? I think uh, and hope uh, on the other side we'll be joined by by Nate Tice. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right. Welcome back to Burns with Friends. We are pleased now to be joined by Nate Tice. Nate, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? doing very well thanks for joining us yeah. uh, early are you still winning are you still winning in the pool by the way i think i, I am tied uh yeah i think i am tied at the top of the standings he I thinks he thinks he's tied he well, knows was, exactly where he is i haven't done. checked there was one one guy had like one game left that i could have been he, he could have hopped do we have to me. kneecap him do we yeah. have to do we have to close it off just just we just tell us give us a wig yeah we'll, there's we'll, a, we'll figure like it out. first initial or, or full first name and then last initial so i'm trying to like just check off everyone uh in the phone book Who's got that like same the last first, initial? First Terminator. Figure out who it is. <laughs> You're finding all the Sarah Connors one by one. That's yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, so, Nate, uh, you know, uh, you're joining us early West Coast time. We appreciate that. I, I think we do have to start. What did it feel like to uh, have the honor of being the very first person from The Athletic to be invited to join a Shield Kapadia Ringer podcast? I Am I the first one? <laughs> I, I beat you guys. I am honored. That's amazing. I uh, did not know that. Did not know that. Uh, no, it felt great. It felt great to do it with Sheil. And also did, I don't know if you guys listened to that episode, but I got to hear Sheil uh, also try to do a coach impression. Mm. Like he was trying to maybe like a coach's voice, but he ended up using Sean McVay for every single one. So he's trying to talk like Mike Tomlin, but he's actually talking like Sean McVay. So there was a lot of like, hey man, do you see? Mm-hmm. Like He just did it over and over. He had one move. He, 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 had, the, he had blue steel. That was about it. <laughs> well, what I do when I listen to that is I listen to you and then I fast forward through him and then I listen to you and then fast. So it's, I didn't, I didn't get all of those, but you know, that's, that's times two times 10 times two times 10. Yeah, that's exactly it. Exactly. That's funny. Uh, sorry, Zach, were you going to say something? No, I, <laughs> I enjoy uh shield getting recognition on this podcast, right? You mentioned his name, which you haven't done in about two months. So. Well, only because Nate's here. We're trying to be, trying to be friendly. <laughs> trying to be nice. Um, just, he's Voldemort now. That's amazing. That's exactly right. Um, okay, Nate, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this this Cowboys defense, if you don't mind. Um, we know that like uh, this, they're creating pressure at the highest rate uh, in the league. 
Um, but I think there's some sense from the, uh, you know, the Denizes, um, who we love that they might be like a, a touch overrated from like a, like game changing standpoint, like DVOA, the Eagles, I think are fifth, uh, in, in, uh, defensive DVOA, the Cowboys are down at sixth. Tell us sort of like, um, where they're vulnerable and, uh, like what, what they have going aside from Micah Parsons being maybe the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is also a very good player. Uh, if he could be a, a, a number one for a lot of teams and he's their number two, but if they had a weakness, it would be that you can run on them. Like you can consistently run the ball on them. They don't have a ton of size up front. They're built to be speed, 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 which is obvious with Parsons, but just other guys that they have. Um, they like to use a lot of DBs on the field. Not as much as maybe last year because they'll have Anthony Barr out there uh, a little bit more. That's actually Anthony Barr has actually helped them out a ton, which is I didn't like. I thought that would just be a fine like filler signing, but he just kind of like, calms them down a little bit and doesn't get them in bad spots. Like when they had Jalen Smith a little a while back, you saw him dragging his leg a little bit. It was like okay, you can see <laughs> offense is going okay. We're going after that guy right there. So um, and he allows so like, like he allows Micah Parsons to to not have to do some of those things that he that he can do and he right. get after the quarterback yeah right so parsons gets to line up and go wherever they they don't they're not too exotic like they they bring some pressures but it's a lot of man coverage and a lot of cover two um which is different from what dan quinn has done in the past not the man coverage aspect but the cover two aspect is, is different and it's a lot of what i call big brothering which is not not the 1984 aaron Rodgers. <laughs> version but uh more just like i'm not hitting you i'm not hitting you i'm not hitting you and then i hit mm. you like so they'll show these looks but then just go into a very safe coverage so it lets their dbs play very aggressive uh it lets their uh because the pass rush all of these offenses are scared of the pass rush but the thing is the eagles actually match up well against that because they have a good old line even if it's been banged up they're still well coached um so they hold up better against this team maybe than a lot of other offensive lines it's like one of those if your offensive line is average or worse. I, I feel bad for you going against the Cowboys. But if it's better than that, it's like, okay, we have a chance here because um, then we can get after the Eagles actually match up pretty well against them because they're a lot more physical, I think. Uh, it's it's power versus speed. Um, I think that's a good way to look at this matchup. I, I know the question before was framed as other than Micah Parsons. and I, Zach and is coming I, us to, to us from actual 1984. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, from, I'm coming from the team facility here. Your, your mic switch, Zach. That's what he's saying. It's okay. Finish it's okay. Finish your question. Yeah. Uh, here you go. I, I, I see what you did. Okay. Here you go. It's better? Is this yes, better? way better. All right. There you go. Sorry about that. Uh, so we frame the other question as other than Micah Parsons, but we can't say other than Micah Parsons because of how significant right. he is. There was so much intrigue in Philadelphia during training camp about how the Eagles would use his uh, – uh, how they would use Reddick and, and where they would line him up, how he would rush. So how do the Cowboys use Parsons? Where is he coming from? Is is he lining up over the left tackle? Is he moving all over the place? How how specifically do they use him? All over. Uh, you'll see him in not even just a pass rush sense. They'll be in a base uh, personnel, just their four three uh, version, their version of a four three, and he'll be as an off ball linebacker, just like working in coverage, which is not the best way to use him. Uh, but then also as a pass rusher, the typical stuff off the tackle. But they'll move, they'll bump him inside, and this is where having other guys like Demarcus Lawrence helps. Um, they can put these guys on the same side and, and twist them up. Um, you'll see like, even like, this is what just good coaches do with good pass rushers. And I, I want to give more credit to Dan Quinn than maybe I even gave him last year is it's nothing crazy, but it's more that they scout the opposing team and go, okay, who's our, who's our punk. All right. Who's the guy we're going after. And then that's, I bet you Micah Parsons is lined up there half the time. He'll line up over a guard. He'll line up over a center. Um, they bump him around based on where they think they have a matchup. What is so dynamic with this defense is how many games and twists that they run up front so they use parsons ability uh, the there was a play against the giants that um where offensive line twitter was going like oh he got help he got pushed by the tight end but really it was parsons just ear holes the right guard and that's where the best twist runners are usually the best players um this is what the rams do with aaron donald is they just those guys are knifing in picking off a guard and so not only they take out the guard the guy that they're twisting with has an advantage in the lane too. So really it's a two for one. So now that's what these best pass rushers can do is they create lanes for their teammates. So that's how this Cowboys team uses Parsons. And 
it, it's the classic um, Seahawks way of teaching and the 49ers do this as well. And their pedigree kind of shows this as well as, Hey, we know we're going after the passer, pin our ears back and let's go. So it's just a bunch of heat coming at you. And Parsons is kind of the epitome of that. Just the snapshot for their, how their whole defense operates. A quick follow up. How does one join offensive line Twitter and how can Bo get involved in that? (laughs) Just, just never admit that the offensive lineman could do any wrong. That's, that's the first start. Yeah. And then also if you tweet a play about like anybody else that you go, man, that was a great run by miles Sanders. Yeah. But make sure you point out. Make sure you point out the left guard blocking, you know, as well. And if you ever notice my tweets, I, I almost do it begrudgingly. I make sure to point out 14 different things <laughs> just so no one can kneecap me and get get underneath me with that. So, yeah, that's how you join offensive line Twitter. I'm always just pointing out Michael Dunn, even though he's not even on the play. <laughs> uh, right? That's a good way to do it. <laughs> to, to, to your point, I think uh, I think Fran Duffy had the stat on his uh, on his podcast this week. But, like, the, the Cowboys are running stunts up front at, like, such a such a crazy high level of compared to the rest of the league it's like they do that so much and it's all the more reason why uh you know it's it's so interesting to see what the eagles are going to be able to do on the offensive line this week if it's jordan mylotta playing banged up that's one thing if it's jack driscoll i think i think he's your uh he's your target for dan quinn yeah at, at left tackle there's another term i want to use but i'm gonna keep yeah. saying punk instead yeah <laughs> if you see water boy and, right. and wherever the onside kick scene that's exactly what it is but no it, it it's that's why you can run on them though is when a, a defense runs games and twists, it's almost like blitzing without blitzing. Um, that's the same stuff that blitzing does. You're you're making offensive line edgy. So they're rushing four and doing this. So an offense could run a zone run, and a zone run is very quote unquote safe. But and you know what team likes to run zone runs? Eagles run it a little bit, but you run you run the zone runs and they can kind of catch you because it's more safe. You're oh you're twisting, we're gonna push you over here, mm. and we and if you don't that this one guy gets antsy and doesn't twist over, then it's a gash. And so that's why you if especially against Washington, you watch this Cowboys defense is they caught him a couple times just with simple zone runs because the guy that was supposed to twist out on the outside didn't get to the outside, so they pin him, and that's something like Lane Johnson can do very well. And that's where you can get running lanes uh, against this team. How about how about the Eagles' offense, Nate? Um, obviously, you've been you've been paying close attention. Uh, you know, you're, you're always tweeting, uh, you know, shots of, of the Eagles' offense, which we love to see. Um, I guess I guess what has impressed you the most about Jalen Hurts' development uh, in in year three? Oh, it's okay. We'll talk about development in a sec, but it's he's an incredible runner. <laughs> I just can't get over how many tackles he breaks. That dude is incredible. I mean, he's one of the best runners at any position in the league right now, which is so much fun. But as a passer, um, I would say he has actually taken what's given him. That's not just go balls. I would say that was my frustration with him a lot last year was that, okay, all right. You can see when they're not completing those go balls, the offense is not doing anything. And I think now he's playing a little bit more decisively, whether it is scrambling or get rid of the ball. They do a great job of limiting it for him, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I think this offensive coaching staff for the Eagles does has a really good feel for what's working. Like they adjust really well. Like that's why it, it's been pretty impressive. At the sense of, I mean, the opening drive against the Vikings was amazing, but they just spanned like three plays that whole time, and they're like, "Oh, this you're not stopping it." There's so many teams. The Cowboys are actually one of them under Kellen Moore is that they won't run the same plays, hmm. even though one is working. They're like, no, no, we have 20 different plays we want to run. It's like, no, that one, that that little run play keeps working. Keep running it. But I, why I'm saying that is with Hertz is they find which one is working for him that day. He still has a little bit of issues over the middle, but I do think he is finding one or two of those throws from the pocket, hitting throws over the middle, which is, I think, opens up so much for their game. Because if you look, I mean, you can look at how many heat charts, and you can see some of it come up last week against the Cardinals is all of it's on the outside. It's all the flat routes on the RPOs. It's tight end screens. It's the go balls vertical. So I think him just keep attacking over the middle is where I see the growth, even if it hasn't been consistent yet. But it's just attacking, finding that the dig route to Devontae Smith against the Vikings is the one that I I keep thinking about. Uh, But hitting those ones between the numbers, it it would help him so much. And I, I could tell he's trying to do it, even if he's not comfortable yet. Are we sticking to the Cowboys defense or can we switch sides here? Well, I mean, I would no. Do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm curious. A, You're a part big, of the show too. A big part of this game. <laughs> a big part of this game is going to be the Eagles' run defense, right? Since since Cooper Rush entered the lineup, Cowboys have the highest rush rate in the NFL. Uh, it's especially pronounced on first downs. They're I think they're rushing about 64 percent of their first downs 
um, since Cooper Rush entered the lineup. Uh, the Eagles' run defense is, I don't want to say it's built around Jordan Davis, but it's fundamentally different this year with Jordan Davis than it was last year. In your review of Eagles games, what do you think of how Jordan Davis has been through five games and what's going to be the key to that matchup for the Eagles? I'll be honest, after the first two weeks, and I know rookies sometimes get a slow start, I was getting a little worried about Jordan Davis. <laughs> I, w- I was, you know, there's a lot of leaning on offensive mm-hmm. linemen, standing straight up and just kind of hanging out. Um, this last two weeks, though, I could see it coming together a little bit, especially the Cardinals game. At first, I'm watching the Cardinals game because I actually wrote about Jordan in my my little article today. Um, nice. Was I, to that. I, for, yeah, the first like first like kind of quarter or so, I'm like, oh come on, dude! Like we knew that. Wait, so this is all integration. This is I know synergistic. I yeah. like, this this company's synergy is just great. <laughs> and, and and I was like, come on, you know, you got to do something. And then you could see where I was going to say the weight of Jordan Davis, but where the value of Jordan Davis comes in is he wears down centers. They run all the bare fronts where he's head up with the center. That's basically all he runs. I've never really seen him running where they're in an even front as a three technique or one Mm -hmm. technique. It's head up zero. But you can see it wear down centers, just literally weighing them down over time. And it gets the Cardinals. You can see him just start. He's he's not going to have pass rushing moves. Like He's going to be like, you're hoping he's like Vita Vea, which is just, I'm blasting the center back five yards on every play. And against an offense like the Cardinals that like to go a lot of side-to-side runs that had a lot of weight. It, it was really valuable. There's a couple of times in, in, in my article, I tweet or clipped this was he pushes the center back four yards. The Cardinals are trying to pull their tackle and the tackle runs into the center. And then the running back gets the ball and he runs into the tackle that's pulling. So it looked like a human centipede where three <laughs> guys were <laughs> in a row in the backfield. And it's all because Jordan Davis pushed and then uh, sweat got the, the TFL. But it's one of those that's in between the box score. Like, that's the value of Jordan Davis. They're using him in a much better way. Um, hey, here's your 30 snaps, you know, 20-ish snaps. Your head up over the center, push. <laughs> Just get low and push. And it's it's hard. Uh, this week, Biadish is fine at center. So, But I think that's an interesting matchup I want to see because Jordan Davis is going to wreck any center that's under 300 pounds, which there are a few in the league. So now it's seeing more against more of a power type center and i want to see how that kind of goes in this game um, is, is that the badger in you saying that he's fine or is is he actually fine it will a little bit of a badger okay. i'll say he's 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 replacement level center that's 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 where i'll go with there yeah he's, you have jake ferguson though who's playing well at yeah. tight end. and dj edwards we got um <laughs> edwards, yeah he's a badger that's right he's been very Do good. i claim him um, I, I actually <laughs> I, I want to go back to the eagles offense and more of like a a philosoph- philosophical question um Having uh, having been a quarterback, having lived through uh, the Randy ratio, the the Eagles coaching staff is like very aware of their their messaging in terms of everything funnels through AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard. Those are our three targets. That's yeah. everything. And like last week, AJ Brown only has three catches, and so you know there's questions about you know, what happened in that game. How much do they have to think about that? Like, and and just from like a managing personality standpoint. What is that like? And then what is it like for Quez Watkins and Zach Pascoe? Like Quez Watkins, I was looking it up just before the show. Uh, the the lowest targets per route run in the league for guys who have run as many routes as he has. 122 routes, eight targets. Um, so like he's just running out there getting cardio. Uh, yeah. What is it like managing those personalities? It's it's the expectations that you have to set. What for me as an outsider and a neutral fan, I can just go, oh, what's so great about this Eagles offense is they can get to everything. Like they can run the ball when they need to. They can play action. They can pass. They can RPO. Um, but that's the that's not the human element of how this goes. So that's a great point. I would say it's just the expectations of it and going like, hey, this is the oh, you can't really promise things though. So I'm talking about both sides of my mouth because the worst thing you can do yeah. is you're going like, hey, this can be a big week for you. You're gonna get like 12 targets and then they get four. That that's like some guys just can't handle that. They freak out on you. Um, but no, that it's what it is. It's like they have to understand that we have to win a game in different ways in the NFL. Like it's unless you're the Bills and you just give the ball to Josh Allen a hundred times, like you have to find ways to win a game. And I think that's really what you just have to instill on them is that, Hey, one game's going to be Devante. One game's going to be Dallas Goddard. One game is going to be you, AJ Brown, like against the lions. I think that's more what it is. is just managing those expectations. Usually it seems like they have 
good kind of chemistry there. Like, and also like AJ Brown already got paid. Right. So I don't know. Like, that's what you also and they're five and zero. Like, you know, yeah, five and zero. We got your contract. You've had some big games. The ball will find you. That's that's kind of what I've always and I shouldn't use him, but Paul Christ uh, would always say was that you know R.I.P. He would say like the ball will find you. It's it's how the game goes. I'm not calling these plays. Yes, I call some plays to get this guy the ball, but sometimes it is just the ball, the flow of the game, how it goes. Sometimes you can game up a play, and that's where some of those RPOs come in. AJ Brown on the slants or the screens, and that's a way to kind of like you know bump it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, just go, hey, we're getting you the ball, make a play. Uh, so like that's another aspect of it too, is that sometimes you have to game the system, but usually in just the flow of it, that's why you have a Devontae Smith against Washington game where it's just like, hey, the ball will find you because they are giving so much attention to AJ Brown. So I think it's just managing people. Like it's like you're yeah. running a state farm. Like you just <laughs> like sometimes it's your week and sometimes it's not. And that's that's just how it goes. Be a good teammate. A quick follow I think that up was, to that, that question. Question. Oh, I'm sorry. quickly part of oh, what, yeah. why it was interesting last week that like all this, all those like quick screens that seem to be uh, pre-snap reads based off of blitz coming were to Devontae yeah. and not to AJ Brown. That's yeah. why it was like a little bit on our radar that maybe he's he's banged up or something like that. Go ahead, Zach. And, and that's what helps when you have three weapons. Is right. that you can go like, okay, we go, we go the Goddard this game. I think Goddard's always going to get his targets because he's he's the he's the Edgar Martinez of this lineup, mm. the singles and doubles guy. And then the other guys, it's like, okay, well, we'll Evan flow. Who gets the power? I was trying to stay away from the Mariners. I was just going to say, should yeah. we check in on Nate? <laughs> um, that was, and I was writing my article as I was going. <laughs> and my editor messaged me, uh, Chris messaged me, and he just goes, he goes, I'll give you a couple hours. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and that's all he said. He goes, that was rough. I'll give you a couple hours. And I didn't even message back. I was like, thanks. Yeah. We'll see brutal. how it goes. Yeah. It was brutal. Had to be the Astros, too. It's like, I don't like the Astros. But, Right? Uh, no, one nobody. Astros. Coming nobody. from a Yankees fan, I say that. I know, right? <laughs> I'd rather play the Yankees because at least it's like I don't know. Astros just seem slimy. Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> uh, so I I asked James Steichen this yesterday, and it's it's not the first time that he's that he's been asked this in in you know different ways, and and, and that's it's easy for us when we're sitting in the press box and we have the stats in front of us to track the target share, to track where the ball's yeah. going. How cognizant really are the play callers during the game of where the ball has been going, where the ball is going? And then to take that a, a, a step further, how cognizant are the quarterbacks of it? And and should Jalen Hurts be aware on a snap-to-snap, drive-to-drive basis who the ball has been going to? Every coach gets the stats at halftime. And a lot of coaches will look at that like, oh, shit. Usually it's more like, what are we on third down? Or like what, uh, you know, oh, we, we've held the ball this long and that's old coaches, but, <laughs> um, but we have this many yards. So I, a lot of coaches aren't cognizant of the stats at all. Maybe you glance up the board and go, oh shit, like we ran for 180 yards. Like, I didn't know that. Like you kind of will get those reminders, but really it's a lot of until, until the player runs up to him and yells at him. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of times they don't really know. Like, they're just like, no, I'm going to call this play. I'm going to call this play, this X and O's play. Some are cognizant. Like, I've been around some coaches that were like, hey, I got to get so-and-so going. So I'm going to get him a touch here. And that's where the screen game comes in. Um, hey, I haven't called this in a while, so I'm going to get this going. Some play callers are like that. I think a guy like – I'll just use Kyle Shanahan because I'm unoriginal. Like, a guy like Kyle Shanahan doesn't not give a shit. Like, he just calls what he's going to call. And he has the personality to kind of go like, well, that's what I'm going to call. So deal with it. Um, but some guys aren't like that. They want to be more friendly with the players and go like, hey, you know, oh, man, this guy's getting a little antsy here. So let's get let's get him going a little bit. So he stops yelling and be on the sideline. I think quarterback wise, some guys I, I think there's a misconception with some quarterbacks that um, as far as how they target and stuff. And they're like, oh, that's his favorite guy. Sometimes it is they just say F the read, like Russell Wilson on the last play last week. Mm. The read was obviously going one way, but he was like, no, my dude is Cortland Sutton. So I'm going to him hell or high water, which is good and bad. I think that's where you have to understand sometimes quarterbacks are more like point guards. Hey, okay, I took a shot here. Okay, now I got to get Shaq going down low. Okay, I'm going to feed him five times in a row. The good quarterbacks, I feel, do do that. They are cognizant of going, like, I got to spread the ball this way. Um, and then there's some that just go, well, this is working. Let's spam it. Like Peyton Manning would do that. He just goes, they only ran five plays. 
But he's like, oh, this is working. Marvin, it's Marvin's day today. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm going to run it seven times in a row. Like, like a little kid spamming a, a video game button. Like they just did it over and over and over until you stop it. So it's a, it's a give and take. And every quarterback's different about how much they value their teammates' input. Uh, last one for me, Nate, just, just sort of open-ended. Is there anything else about this matchup, Eagles-Cowboys, that uh, that is sort of piquing your interest in, in terms of what to watch? Man, I, I'm, I'm really excited just to watch the front, the offensive line, the Eagles offensive line versus the Cowboys defensive line. I think that's one of the best line matchups as far as the dudes in it, but also how well-coached they are, which I always think is a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited to see uh hurts going i think they're gonna be running some cover two in this game the the cowboys defense so i want to see hurts going against a defense that does that uh like that makes him maybe have to nickel and dime a little bit more maybe stay has the speed to keep up with him if he scrambles so it's 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 an interesting matchup as far as that um i mean there's so much i, I wish i don't know not i wish but i i want to see dak play but who knows that could be a whole thing um you're bringing up their run rate uh zach and that's and that's what's hilarious everyone's like is, is it a quarterback controversy controversy in dallas it's like have you looked at these numbers mm -hmm. like they're like heavy play action as soon as they have to drop back they are fall apart like it's like that's where dak's value comes in so it's I a running back controversy that. though because tony pollard is better <laughs> that's oh man you hear that one all the time that i don't know if a line twitter has gotten on that one but that that'd be a good <laughs> good way to get into there that, that's why zeke zeke gets a lot of credibility on online twitter because he's so good in pass protection so that's where that's where he still has this value but that's another thing i want to see this cowboys run game against this eagles defense i want to see jordan davis you know get going i want to see tyler smith i i love the tackle for the cowboys he was one of my kind of pet project favorites i thought he wouldn't kind of come on till year or two or three he already looks like a very good player as a rookie which is really cool I want to see him go against a pretty damn good Eagles defensive front. So like those just little mini matchups in this game. I just covered everything. You said anything else. That's I, great. I, I'm excited. We're good. We're done for the week. We don't need to talk anything else. This is great. That's perfect. No, it, it's a, it's going to be a great game. I'm so excited to watch this one. Like it, it's, it's, that's, what's fun about this Sunday after last week's games. Now you got like Chiefs, Bills, Bills and Chiefs as yeah. well. Oh yeah. That game's going to be fun. Even games like Vikings Dolphins are, is interesting. Like there, it's just a lot of, loser leaves town mm. kind of matches that I'm excited for. I knew you like that both. <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. Uh, last Anything one for me. What's, what's the best case scenario for the Eagles this weekend? What's the worst case scenario for the Eagles this weekend? Well, best is winning. Uh, no, but best no, but case in, is, in terms of how it happens. No, no, yes. Um, I would Benny say, Benny starts. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I would say for the Eagles is showing that they can drop back and throw the ball. If they, and I don't know if that would probably be not a good game script for them. But other than the Jaguars game, I want to see maybe what happens when they get punched in the mouth and they have to, you know, play a true drop back game. And I think if they Jalen Hurts proves that and they win and they score points, they score 24 points, that that's a huge win because then it's like, oh, shit, how do we stop this team? They can do that now. So I would think that's a huge win. I would say the loss is Hurts has one of his, you know, the the, the Bucks game last year mm -hmm. in the playoffs where it's a uh, it's. 10 of 25 for 110 yards any rush any rushes 14 times for you know not a lot of yards and it's like one of those where they just get stagnated there's a lot of third and extra longs third and longs because i know that's kind of been i mean it's hard for a lot of offenses but that's been even for more for the eagles in those situations trying to they also go for it on four downs so that's they played totally different games so that that's all another discussion but i would say that would be the thing is just it hurts as one of his kind of like lesser games that showed up more last year Makes sense. Well, Nate, yeah. thank you so much for making time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And if you yeah. want to hear more of Nate, the athletic football show, like 10 days a week, right. he's, he's right. there with Robert Mays. So. And follow him on Twitter at Nate underscore uh, Tice. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, we'll, take, guys. we'll take a little break and come back and close this bad boy out. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Zach, uh, two, can you name the uh, only Eagle on the only former Eagle on the Cowboys roster? 
probably could, but at this moment, it's not jumping out to me. I, um, I, I know. Oh, well, well, Jason Peters is not on the roster. He's on the practice squad he's still. A, I think he's on the roster now. He's on the, he's on the roster I think now? He's okay, hurt. He's hurt. He is hurt. He he's has a chest injury. Roster. He has a chest injury. Okay. I know they initially signed him to the practice squad. Then Jason Peters is the answer. Did I just beat Zach in a two can? You game? sure did. <laughs> I you said sure it. did. I, I said it. I thought he was. She on got the... it first. She knew it. Okay. Okay. I was almost like, this is too easy. Okay. Jason Peters. Um, Zach. Mm. Uh, is it Jason Peters or Peter Jasons? It's definitely Jason Peters. Yeah. Mm. I've had some nice conversations over the years with Jason Peters. Flex. As have you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else? Uh, what else is there to talk about? We got to close yeah, so this bad boy up. Ahead there's and, ahead there's something the I was I was curious about, and uh, we we mentioned the Michael Dunn tr- trade proposal in the power rankings mm. earlier this episode. Oh yeah, let's talk about. I'm this. curious about the Eagles trade proposal you had in there, uh, which was for Brian Burns, the outstanding edge rusher from Florida State. Uh, she was high on him coming out of the draft. Uh, coming out of whoa, State. whoa, 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 whoa. That's not Shield doesn't get Brian Burns. <laughs> <laughs> I was high on him too. You know, I'm don't not give that. Lie, when I don't think give Brian that to Burns, Shield. I think of Shield when I think of yeah. Shield picked, Shield picked him to win Defensive Player of the Year last year. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, please, I invented Brian Burns. This is nuts. Let's okay. go back to the tape. Okay. Uh, I'm with you. I'm regardless, with you. yes. Regardless, I think uh, I had him as like the guy they should trade up for. Okay. If I remember correctly. Yeah. So. Uh, should the Eagles try to recreate the 2021 Carolina uh, Panthers pass rush? So, uh, hold on. <laughs> this is in Bo's head. Well, Bo's 2019, the best case mock draft scenario. Actually, this is not, this is not Brian Burns. <laughs> okay. And, and, and I think also, I had Bo my actual like, prediction that they yeah, would trade up. Yeah, Bo does like eight mock drafts before the Correct. draft. Um, so yeah. he, he could claim all that. Yeah, I uh, predicted my, my actual mock draft was that they would trade up for, for uh, Brian Burns. Also, okay. while you're looking this up, thank you to Marissa for um, really good editing on the Athletic Greens read because I had to look up the promo code and you took out that pause. And I noticed that and yeah, I appreciate don't it. don't tell anybody. Thank that. you. Yeah. yeah, but no, you deserve credit for that. And you deserve public credit for that. So thank you. No, it's okay. Uh, um, <laughs> so here's why Here's why I think, I think Brian Burns makes sense. Um, one... The, the the Panthers, like, they, they shouldn't be trading Brian Burns, right? Like, this is a rebuilding team. He is um, one of the most important commodities you can have as a rebuilding team. He is a young, dynamic pass rusher. If, you know, aside from a young quarterback, who would you want to start your team with? A guy like Brian Burns. He's been awesome. Um, that said, if you're going to do it, you need to, you know, you need to have enough capital to make it worth their while if they want to really, like, totally reload. And the Eagles have that. And I think that Jalen Hurts' play through the first five games of the season means that the Eagles don't have to be so clingy to the, you know all of that draft capital because it looks right now like they're not going to have to use that to go get a quarterback. So that means that they can trade you know, one of, at least, uh, their, their first-round picks this year. They've also got two second-round picks in 2024. So I don't, I don't know if... Um, a first and a second is enough in Carolina's eyes to get Brian Burns. But I think we know that if Howie Roseman is going to uh, push chips in, it's going to be for an offensive or defensive lineman. And, you know, the offensive line doesn't seem like uh, something that they need. So, like, yeah, they've got a pretty good pass rush right now. But would Brian Burns completely change that? Absolutely. And I think they would do that. He's also 24 years old. So this is not like you know, uh, going to get Von Miller. This is a guy who's who's keeping your window open and you've got Brandon Graham maybe playing in the last year um, of his career. You know, he wants to keep playing, but not something that you can count on. So even though you've got Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, you add Brian Burns to that mix and and all of a sudden you're very scary. So a few things here, and that's, and that's well said. Uh, I ag- agree with you that if you're a coach looking to take over a team or potentially even a, a, a GM looking to take over a team, um, you would want as many good young players as, as you can have, right? But, I mean, look, the Nationals traded Juan Soto. That was an ownership situation. But the the thought process is you stock, you you get the optionality uh, and, and you don't want to come in having to pay someone. Brian Burns is do a big contract extension, right? So that's, that's the first thing you look at. Second, the Panthers already lack a few draft 
uh, of resources. They they traded for for Matt Corral uh, last year. They traded a, a future pick. And the other thing to keep in mind is, in addition to wanting to get good young players on rookie contracts, they might be in a position where they're trying to trade for a coach, right? And they could also use draft mm-hmm. capital there. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be. I don't think there's a lot of players on that roster who are going to command, um, you know, potentially a first round pick. I think Brian Burns is is that guy, and I would trade a first round pick for for Brian Burns for the reasons you mentioned. I think he is. Uh, he's 24 years old. He has elite traits. He's gotten to the quarterback in the NFL. Um, now the Eagles have already paid Reddick, and they've already paid Josh Sweat. So you'd much rather from a resource allocation perspective to have a rookie, you know, uh, to, to use a first-round pick on an edge rusher so you're not paying three guys top-level money. But I have no problem paying elite players at elite positions elite money, right? And, and that's how I would view a Brian Burns trade. So at this point, I would not trade the Saints pick. I think the Saints pick has a good chance of being a top-10 pick, and I think you can get – because of the amount of quarterbacks who are going to go in the top 10, you can get a blue chip defensive player on a rookie contract in the top 10. Uh, so I, I would hold that Saints pick close. I would have fewer reservations about trading that Eagles pick. And uh, if that can be done, that is something that, that, that I would certainly look at. Hmm. All right. Good discussion. Wait, real quick. We have to have to ask it. What about Christian McCaffrey? Hmm. So I, I'm I'm big on Christian McCaffrey, right? Um, I don't think I think from a I don't know what's the price, right? That's that that's the thing. What's what's the price? I I don't love paying running backs huge money, and you have to pay him huge money. He's injury prone. Now, if you trade, now he is, in my opinion, one of the two three best players, one of the two three best players in the in the league. Uh, so one of the two or three best players. Or, no, in the no, league? no. I'm I, I'm sorry. One of the two or three best running backs in the in the oh, league. Gosh. Sorry, I got a text message during that that uh, was an important was an important message. Um, oh, from, Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> you got breaking news. It was not Jeffrey, but it was someone in the league. Um, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so sorry. So that that diverted my attention. Howie. Uh, uh, he's he's one of Mr. the Mr. Mara, I presume. He's 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 one of the two or three best running backs in the league when he's healthy, uh, and that's that's like a a push the chips in we're going for it this year because he can change things for you. But I would much rather from a like if 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 I'm giving a first round pick or a second round pick, I would much rather trade it for an edge rusher than a than a running back. And I think uh, despite what Bo says about Miles Sanders, I think they can get by with uh their running backs and if they add somebody it's someone who can help in pass protection maybe someone who who can help well yeah say what you will about christian mccaffrey but at least he can stay on the field on third down yeah someone who's an upgrade over kenny gainwell i i think they would look for a gainwell upgrade than a sanders upgrade um but uh i i'd be surprised if they gave up a big pick for mccaffrey that said they loved mccaffrey in 2017 they would have taken McCaffrey if he was on the board at 14 that year. He was not, but they loved McCaffrey that year. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a weird person dynamics one too. If you're going to trade for him, like Miles Sanders is going to is going to skulk around would be my presumption. Um, not that that's why you shouldn't make a trade, but I do think that that's I do think that that's unlikely. Um, but I think it makes sense for them to to look for a cheap. Uh, running back who can take a little bit of heat off Jalen Hurts between the tackles and more importantly stay on the field on third down because Miles Sanders uh, at pass protection is a liability who's your guy there I haven't thought about it enough you you run the trade machine yeah but I have Brian Burns I mean I I, you know only so much time okay what were you gonna say Marissa no just that that the chat was asking about Christian McCaffrey so I figured the We'd had to, we had to get that in, especially after, you know, our Miles Sanders discussion a few pods ago. So yeah. let me give you a, let me give you a name real quick. Let's see if I can come up with something just to, <laughs> just to close this out. Uh, How about, um, no, he's, I mean, everybody who's like fits that bill is an oldie, uh, an oldie. you know, like Mark Ingram. 
An oldie um, but a goodie, right? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> da, da, da. How about... We can save it for tomorrow's pod. It could be a teaser. Yeah. We're going to go prime time tomorrow night, right? Yes, correct. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Someone said David Montgomery, who's in the last year of his contract. David Montgomery has um, some some ties to, I mean, the uh, I would say Nick Sirianni, I said this around the draft, is very close with the Iowa State staff. David Montgomery was like the flagship player for Matt Campbell's um, team when, when he took over. So, uh, actually, I thought the Eagles were going to take Montgomery the year they took Sanders. Um, they took Sanders. Uh, but yeah, that that could be a, a decent one-two punch. But I I I think How about James tough. Robinson. Or the uh, the Jags have been using him quite a bit. Yeah, but are, now are it seems like they're finally using ATN a little bit more. I don't know, make it worth their while. Do you remember when Eagles Television Network was ATN? I <laughs> was that was a little callback to a previous podcast. Yes, I'm aware. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for letting everybody know. All right, uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thank you to Nate Tice. For spitting some wisdom. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, a live super with special guest Dane is to deliver the super prompts in person. We'll see what kind of fireworks he and Zach can get into, uh, debating Jonathan Gannon and uh, what is fair in terms of swooper. So we'll see. Exciting stuff. So for Mr. Gonzalez and Zach, and Marissa, and Nate. I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. And as always, we love you.